is this year that I got to start that over. <clears throat> I stumbled all over my words. <laughs> it's okay. Let's start like this. Is this the year that Jerry Judy finally breaks out in Denver? All that more. This episode of Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. Welcome back to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. I am your host, Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. And joining me today, as always, is Kate Madjuke. You can follow her on Twitter at Kate Madjuke. Kate, our first Twitter question of the day is from Kevin. He wants to know, how are you feeling about Denver Broncos wide receiver Jerry Judy heading into the season? Is he a buy or a sell? I'm going to be honest. From like the jump of this question, uh, before doing any sort of analysis, I would have said lukewarm. Um, mm-hmm. But looking at the production that we saw out of Jerry Judy last season, I would argue maybe we saw his breakout season and the, the sky is going to be uh, the sky is the limit. Uh, sure. I think I'm buying Jerry Judy after some, some long thought, uh, long thought analysis here. I mean, let's like go back to the draft, right? 2020 NFL draft coming out. Jerry Judy was widely regarded as like the, the best route runner, best separator in this class. Like we, we just, he moves in a way that is like poetry uh, for a wide receiver. And we knew he had that skill, but just, again, just kind of got off pretty slow. But we we knew there were elite aspects to his game that made him like a first-round pick. Mike Renner's NFL uh, draft comp for Jerry Judy, drum roll, please, Odell Beckham Jr. Like yeah. it – there was a reason he was drafted this highly. Now, obviously, hasn't been as, I think, productive out of the gate as we would have liked, but definitely saw a, a big jump in production, despite the fact that, like, Denver's offense was not anything to be writing home about. Um, 6.1 yards after the catch per reception, 2.18 yards per route run, uh, passer rating when targeted of 111. Um, all of those career bests for Jerry Judy so far, uh, just under a thousand receiving yards, six touchdowns again, in an offense that wasn't overly productive, 90th percentile in yards per route run last year, 91st percentile in yards after the catch per reception. Like those are, those are some pretty elite numbers. Now I I think it comes back to the question. Do you think this offense can take a step forward in Russell Wilson's second season? Uh, with Sean Payton, I do. Uh, Jerry Judy is a buy for me. I, I think ultimately I agree with you um, because he is still so young. We did see the the numbers across the board went up. And, I mean, there's a couple of other things that happened this offseason that make me feel good about him, right? Like the Broncos got a ton of trade offers. Like this is known right now that a ton of trade offers for Jerry Judy, including you know second-round picks from the Cowboys and the Ravens. They also picked up his fifth-year option, which gives you this this hope that, hey, the Broncos are committed to Jerry Judy. However, they did trade up for Marvin Mims. So Sean Payton's first draft pick with the team 
is another small, speedy receiver. Tim Patrick coming back from an injury. Cortland Sutton still under contract. KJ Hamler still under contract. And we know, we know that Sean Payton wants to run the crap out of the ball, right? Like they just want to be a very balanced team. So how valuable is a receiver that in a committee on a run heavy team? I don't know. Um, but I think I, I'm, I'm a little bit more cautious here than you because I just don't know what the ceiling is. Cause I kind of wonder like is a thousand yards and six touchdown, uh, six touchdowns really what's most likely here. And if that's the case, then I'm, I'm probably not trading a lot away for Jerry Judy in uh, current ranks uh, on dynasty league football.com wide receiver 27. How does that feel to you? A little high, to be honest. Really? Yeah. Can for you give 20... me some of the names names behind him? Uh, we've got um, Calvin Ridley. I'd rather have Calvin Ridley. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I think that might be, probably for me a little bit more dependent on situation. Uh, if you've got like a relatively young roster, mm-hmm. um, I might, I'd be considering Judy here. Um, how about Jahan Dotson? I'll take Jerry Judy. Okay. Um, Brendan Ayuk. I'll take Brendan Ayuk. Wow. Okay. George Pickens. Hmm. I'll go George Pickens, but that's really close. And you know I'm not the biggest George Pickens guy. Interesting. Okay. That I, I, I think feel like... I think Judy needs to be around the like just off the top of my head, like the Deontay Johnson, Rashad Bateman, Mike Williams category of receivers. Okay. See, I interesting. Interesting. I, I just it's not that I don't doubt the player, because I actually I, I love Jerry Judy coming out of Alabama and I still like the flash. He's twenty four years old. I know. It's just the situation, right? Like I think Sean Payton wants to spread the ball around, but he also wants to run the ball a lot. So is Jerry Judy gonna have another season where he gets hundred and twenty targets? I mean probably not, right? So he's gonna have to do it in efficiency. And I just don't know if Russell Wilson is the quarterback anymore to help him be that efficient. So I, I I just have some doubts about the rest of the team around Jerry Judy. I think that's fair, but I also like, I think if you're investing in Jerry Judy, you're investing in the player, in the talent, like you're investing in that speed uh, it, at the combine 1.48 second, 10 yard split. That's 99th percentile for yes. wide receivers, uh, a four, four, five, 40 yard dash. Um, like, that that tells you everything you need to know about you know his his ability to uh accelerate and I, I think we saw you know maybe hasn't translated to the NFL thus far it hasn't been an ideal situation for Jerry Judy but I do think and I I would argue that he's the most talented wide receiver on that team um, oh, and yeah. that's without a doubt from somebody who also very much loves loves Marvin Mims yeah I, I agree so he's I think he's an interesting buy low candidate I, I think we just we're debating on the ceiling here I just don't see the ceiling to be anything more than a mid-range wide receiver too if you think he has a higher ceiling than that by all means go out and buy Jerry Judy because he's pretty cheap right now in your dynasty leagues what's the he, what's the trade market like uh for Jerry Judy do you have I any mean, recent 
I do. Here, we'll pull it up really quickly. I, I've got to believe that it's not a lot. I mean, you could get Jerry Judy right now for the 112. I'll take Jerry Judy. Okay, Jerry Judy for Deontay Johnson, straight up. Ooh, that one's tough because, you know, I love my Deontay Johnson. I'm going to take Deontay Johnson there just just based on the fact that, like, this is a, a wide receiver that's going to be handling 140-plus targets every year. That's That's the given. Jerry Judy for the 107. So that's probably Quentin Johnston, Zay Flowers, Jordan Addison range. One of those three receivers. Uh, I'll probably take the pick. I would agree. Because if I'm comparing Addison to Judy, I just think it's a lot easier for Addison to get 115 targets on an offense that I think is going to be better. I Yeah, I think that's fair. But Jerry Judy, I, again, you're, you're banking on, I think, the the – prospect not necessarily the situation etc but we still know uh the the price has almost never been lower for jerry judy in terms of his dynasty startup value i think um maybe the ceilings in question but you know if this you know thousand yards six touchdown season becomes his floor i'll be pretty happy with that all right, Kate, let's move on to our next question. We're talking about Damian Pierce and whether or not he's been underrated this offseason. Next. This episode is brought to you by Bill Bar. Are you looking for a delicious snack but don't want all the sugar and the calories? Then you need to try the best-tasting protein bar ever. It's built. You've got to try it. Come on, guys. It's absolutely unbelievable. If you're like me, you're trying to make healthier choices as we get into summer, but you don't want to compromise on the taste. We've got just the thing for you. It's Built Bars and Built Puffs. Built Bars are healthy and they taste amazing. Seriously, they taste so good for you that you're not even going to know. They taste so great that you're not even going to know that they're good for you. You've got to try it. What makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real dark chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in so many unbelievably great flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and cookies and cream. Not sure how Built does it because they're only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, but a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't even have to wait to get a bar. Before, we were telling you to go to Built.com and order your boxes over there, which you can still do, of course. But now you can run into your local Walmart and pick up a 4-bar box of the cookies and cream, the double chocolate, or the coconut puff. Or if you happen to live near a Sam's Club, like I do, you can run in and grab a 13-bar box with some of the hit flavors, including brownie batter puff and churro puff, and you can thank us later. We want to thank you for making Locked On Dynasty your first listen of the day. Every day or on Monday's show, we're going to talk about the Atlanta Falcons and some of their buys, sells, and holds. Spoiler, we like this Falcons team quite a bit from a Dynasty perspective, so make sure you tune in for that. Okay, let's uh, let's answer another another question from Kevin. He wants to know, I'm not seeing much love from Damian Pierce despite Houston not drafting a running back. Am I missing something? Uh, you are not missing anything. It it is the dynasty community that continues to sleep on my man Damian Pierce. I like just like period i don't understand the the lack of interest in damian pierce on the worst team in the nfl damian pierce as a rookie posted nearly a thousand rushing yards in 13 games scored four touchdowns wasn't necessarily overly efficient averages 4.3 yards per attempt but 
like the the elusiveness that he offered you uh it, it was elite like the the misforced tackle rate um despite playing just 13 games ranked fifth among all running backs in misforced tackles um like not a speedster but just one of the most tough runners i think in the NFL right now mm-hmm. and now we we see a you know an offense i think is going to be much improved uh, we'll see John Mechie uh, hopefully back on the field after missing his rookie season, uh, battling leukemia. Like CJ Stroud, Tank Dell. Like I think this is generally an underrated offense. We already know the competition's not there. But like this is going to be the Damian Pierce show. So yeah, I, I don't think we're missing anything. Uh, I, I think he's an elite running back. I think that. If anything, I, it feels like maybe the the hesitancy just comes, generally speaking, from like a an overall lack of draft capital. But like, let's let's remember, like Damian Pierce, he was an elite running back coming out. Like everything that he did at Florida when he was given touches was productive. He was efficient, and he he looked like that same guy yeah. that like it translated to the field. I don't know why he didn't get touches at Florida, but I have to imagine if he had more touches at Florida and he continued to produce the way he did when he received them, Damian Pierce would have gone a lot higher in the actual NFL draft. So we should also mention they did bring in one running back in free agency this off season. It's Devin Devin Singletary, who I kind of think is just a guy, right? Like, He's he's a good guy, but he's he's a guy. He's not somebody that we should be concerned about for fantasy. And I think one of the reasons why we're one of the reasons why the dynasty managers aren't being more aggressive targeting Damian Pierce is because there's this fear that okay, well, what could happen next year? Could they bring in somebody else? Could they draft somebody? Could they sign somebody? But frankly, Kate, if you just look at the running back position as a whole. What running back couldn't you say that about, right? Like Jonathan Taylor going into the last year of his contract. Is he back with the Colts? Tony Pollard on the franchise tag. Josh Jacobs on the franchise tag. Saquon Barkley on the franchise tag. You can do this with every single running back. We don't know their future, but what we do know is that there's not a lot stopping from Damian Pierce to getting like 85% of the, you know, the volume in this backfield because he's clearing away the best player that they have in the running back room. I'm I'm perfectly fine giving up quite a bit to get Damian Pierce. The good news is I think you can get a potential RB1 without having to pay that price because if you look on Dynasty League football right now and you look at some of the recent trades, people are stealing Damian Pierce. I'll give you some of those. Damian Pierce for Hollywood Brown straight up. Yeah, I'll take Damian Pierce all I mean, day. All day. Damian Pierce for Jonathan Mingo, who's – you know, going in like the second round of your rookie drafts. I mean, come on, guys. That was easy. I mean, I'm just shocked at how easy some of these ones are. Damian Pierce for Deontay Johnson, straight up. Uh, I will take Pierce. Yeah, I mean, Damian Pierce for 201. Pierce. Now, this one's a little trickier for me. It probably depends on your league, but Damian Pierce for Jordan as Addison. Uh, I'll take Damian Pierce. Yeah, I, I would as well. Just just because you are getting a running a starting running back that's not really in a committee. Yes, I know it's the Houston offense, but Kate, I think you and I both project this Houston offense to be 
I don't want to say it's gonna good, take a step forward, but it's going to be better than it was forward. last year, right? You, yep. you've got a good offensive line, which that's the other part that we should mention is this offensive line is pretty good. It's Laramie Tunsil at left tackle, one of the top three or four left tackles in the league. Titus Howard, a f- former first round pick, um, at right tackle. They drafted Juice Scruggs, a center in round two. Kenyon Green, who played well down the stretch, was a first round pick last year, and then they traded for Shaq Mason, uh, you know, before free agency, who is one of the best run-blocking guards in all the NFL. So, yes, the offense itself is not fantastic, but this is a good offensive line where Damian Pierce should continue to be highly efficient. And, oh, yeah, by the way, C.J. Stroud is not much of a runner. What he does is he likes to get rid of the ball quickly. I would be surprised if Damian Pierce gets even more volume in the passing game this year. This is a pro Damian Pierce podcast. Yes, we are very much a fan of Damian Pierce. So, Kevin, just to... To answer your question again, uh, you're not missing anything. Go out and trade for Damian Pierce right now because he is a steal. And I think, Kate, you and I, every week when we're doing our rankings, we're going to rank Damian Pierce like on a weekly basis as a top 12 you know, running back for that week. Go out and get him right now while he's still cheap. All right, we've got one more question from Gil uh, talking about a couple young running backs. We'll get to that one next. Kate, we have two running backs coming off ACL injuries, Brees Hall and Javante Williams. And Gil wants to know, generally speaking, ACL injuries are a two-year injury before they come back to full strength. Having said that, who do you see having a better year, Brees Hall or Javante Williams? I'm going to go with Brees Hall here, and this is not – um, you know, I'm I'm not your resident uh, injury expert here, but – Generally speaking, the the news that we've gotten about Javante Williams is that it was a very complicated and messy torn ACL. Yeah. Um, like, I I think uh, if I'm if I'm translating the reports correctly, uh, Brees Hall had just a, a much more straightforward torn ACL, which yep. simplifies the rehab process. It, you know, it it's a more straightforward linear, uh, like rehab uh yeah, you know yeah. it, generally speaking um obviously every single player is going to have a different rehab process and and they might progress at different rates but i'm just going to roll with Brees hall knowing that his his injury was a little bit less messy a little bit less complicated um and you know hopefully that that yeah both of them have very speedy recoveries because I want to see both of them back on the field as soon as I also possible. just think Brees Hall is a better player, right? And I think he's going yeah. to be on a better offense this year. The Jets obviously improved at quarterback. The offensive line's still really good. And when we saw Brees Hall play last, like we were ranking him as like a top three dynasty running back, right? That's how exciting he was early in the year last year. Uh, now, I think the Jets are going to be smart here. They're not going to overwork him in September, maybe even October. You'll, I think you'll see him on the field for game one, but it might be like 10 touches a game, right? And as the season goes along, as he gets healthier from that injury, that's when he'll bump up the workload. But we even saw last year, Kate, like he can be highly effective on 10 to 12 touches and he can be somebody that you have to start every single week. As for Javante Williams, I mean, they brought in Samaj P. Ryan. They've got some other running backs there that I kind of like. And again, I I just don't know what to think of that Broncos offense under Sean Payton. 
I, I would just much rather gamble on Brees Hall here. Yeah, I, I think more straightforward injury, more straightforward projection, I think just based on the current situation in that offense. I think uh, Brees Hall too, like even even maybe if we don't get the most uh, efficient season from him out of the gate, um, you know, I, we know Aaron Rodgers is willing to to throw the ball to his running backs. Um, we know Brees Hall, I think, is is you know one of the more capable receivers here. Yes, um, I, I think he he definitely projects for the better season. But um, man, I do hope we see Javante Williams back at full force soon because the you know we talk about tough runners and Damian Pierce, Javante Williams has just as much to that game. Yep. Uh, just to kind of tell you where dynasty managers are at right now with Brees Hall, he's still being ranked as the RB2 in dynasty leagues right now, uh, just behind Bijan Robinson, ahead of Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey. As is Javante Williams has really seen his value, you know, shrink. It was he was a top five running back at this time last year. Now he's down to RB15, just below guys like Tony Pollard, Ramondre Stevenson, Najee Harris. It's clear that dynasty managers believe that Hall is going to be better right away. He's going to be able to come back from this injury. Do you agree with the gap being that big, though? No. Um, again, you you look at situationally. There's there's lots of questions. I think the gap probably stems from what's going on in Denver and like yeah. situation, not so much from the injury. Um, but again, you mentioned Peyton is going to want to run the crap out of the ball. And I do think when fully healthy, Javante Williams is going to be leading that backfield I by agree. a decent margin. Um, so when healthy, no, the, the gap should not it's be just, that big. When is he going to be healthy? Is it going to be in November? Is it going to be next March? That That's the question I have when you have these guys that have yep. this major of a knee injury. I look at somebody like, obviously, I'm close to the, the Cowboys. I saw Michael Gallup who had a, just a torn ACL and MCL. I mean, I, I, not just a torn ACL and MCL, but that's not quite as severe of what Javante Williams had. He didn't look right all year long. I think by January, he started to look like himself. That's a full year. And, you know, when you're a running back, you've got to plant and cut even more. You've got to take on contact every single play. I I'm nervous that we're just not going to see a fantasy relevant player in Javante Williams at any point this season. Oh, that's a tough, it's a tough pill to swallow. Marcus. I know it's, <laughs> and it's frustrating because we know how talented Javante Williams is. Yeah. And if he was healthy, we would be talking about him as one of the top five or six most valuable dynasty assets right now, but he's not and the situation. is just so cloudy. I think we'll have a better idea as to what to expect from Javante as we get further into the summer, as we start to get some updates from OTAs and mini camps and we start to get into training camps. But I think right now there's no way you can go out and buy Javante Williams. There's just, there's no reason to do that. Yeah. That's a tough pill to swallow. I know it's tough. All right. That is it for today's show. We want to thank you for making lockdown dynasty your first listen every day. Again, every day is on Monday show. Kate and I are going to be talking about those Atlanta Falcons that we just love so much. Lots of Bijan Robinson, Drake London, Kyle Pitts talk. Uh, make sure you tune in for that. You can follow Kate on Twitter at Kate Maduke. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we'll see you guys next time.